power hour lsu boom all night long yes Let's freaking go! A fun live stream lined up for you. I know it's the second time you have seen me today. Earlier, we did a full breakdown of the decisions of Caden Durham going to LSU and Colin Simmons going to some other school. I don't remember where, but today... We are not only going to talk about that. I understand recruiting always just takes over every live stream. But today you actually had something potentially even better. In fact, something even more rare happen at LSU practice. Because, and we'll get into a few things that I've heard that happened at LSU practice. But today you got to hear from Mike Denbrock, LSU offensive coordinator. Now, why is that important? I'm looking at each and every one of you. It's important because you never get the opportunity to hear from the play caller. It used to drive me crazy that LSU never had their coordinators available for media because the head coach's job is different than that of the coordinators whose job it is to call plays. Now, why for me as a football nerd do I enjoy a coordinator getting to speak? Well, it's because we hear a thousand interviews Brian Kelly does. We never, it is rare, rare that we actually hear from Mike Dimbrock. And Mike is actually a very enjoyable listen. So I'm going to break down a few things that I took away from this press conference. So we will get to all of that today. But before we talk some Mike Dimbrock here, I do want to share some positive news. Apparently, the LSU defense had one of their best days in particular the LSU secondary had one of their best days, including a true freshman three-star, get this, from the 504, who is moving up the depth chart. We're going to talk about all of that today. Now, you guys know that my job here is you trust me to give you objective analysis of the team or as objective as we possibly can because we're all fans of the team, right? But I try to give you the best outlook on LSU football. Okay. So I want to show you this because I took some heat for this in the comment section because this is what I actually led my practice report with earlier this week. Now, we will have a practice report tomorrow, but Outside of the fight, I got some heat in the comment section for saying this. 
we will hear from the players themselves regarding the skirmish. Now in the background, you see a big staple of what LSU's offense was last year, just a comeback route to Malik Neighbors. That was one of our best plays, but there's a reason why that part of the offense is something I think LSU doesn't want to rely on. They want to see more explosive plays downfield. Really good throw to Chris Hilton right there from Jaden Daniels. It's hard to generate explosive plays out of the comeback route. Okay, so. All right. Now, the reason why I want to play this for you is because of something Mike Dimbrock said today. Okay, so. I want you to take a look and listen really closely to what Mike has to say. Now, Mike, of course, knows 10 times more about football than I will ever know. Okay? So I want you to listen really closely what he had to say. Sure. To increase that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'll be honest with you. I think more than anything, um, it's a mindset that you have to drill just like you drill any other mindset. So if you're going to be a team that is uh, a power team and you don't run power very much in practice, then you're going to, it's a hard, it's hard to make it come out as a play caller when it's time to, to call it. And I don't know that I scripted it enough in practices and, and things like, so that's been the biggest adjustment. It's something that you have to make yourself do quite frankly. It's a lot easier to, uh, well, excuse me. I actually pulled up the wrong press conference. Huh? 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 That was, um, you see, he's wearing the same exact thing in both of these. Okay, so let's go to the fall press conference. That Every is totally, year, thousands uh, of athletes. Dis that is totally my fault on that. Huh? 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 Uh, so there you go. But I do Advocate. want you to listen really closely. And it's ironic because the same reporter, Jared, thank you for the super chat. The same reporter asked the same exact question, essentially, at the same point of the press conference from the fall, but here you go. This is what I want to show you. Uh, we talked with you in the spring about how y'all wanted to create more explosiveness in a different, few different ways. Where do you think, have y'all made the progress or are continuing to make the progress that you'd like to in that spot? And just what is continuing to go into being more explosive? Is it as simple as, um, I don't know, like different routes or is there more that goes into that? Yeah, I, I think, I think a couple things. I think first off, um, you know, I thought we caught a lot of, footballs with our backs turned to where we were trying to score last year, if that makes sense. So we, we ran a lot of stops and comebacks and different things like that, and we're good at it. So it's easy to call as the play caller the things that you're, you're obviously good at. And we did some things in, in some of our other concepts passing game-wise where there wasn't as many, I didn't think, catch-and-run opportunities, um, which really can contribute to your explosiveness and how much more explosive you can be. So, I will never lead you astray. That's all I'm saying. Huh? 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 Everything I say with the hint of criticism always comes from a place of love. So, I understand that Mike Dimbrock is essentially saying the same thing I said. I know he doesn't watch the channel. He's too busy. But we're in agreement. We're in total agreement, okay? We had too many comebacks and stops, right? And if you go listen, this was our last fall practice breakdown. For him to say verbatim what we said in that video, let you know 
that this guy really sees what was wrong with our offense last year. Okay. You have got to hit explosives, but it's not as simple. It's just throwing the football down the field. You've got to hit guys in stride and allow them to make plays after the catch. Now, Jaden's favorite throw is a comeback. It is a very good route. And we played a lot of teams that played off coverage. Okay. Malik is really good because he's a big target. He plays really big. BTJ is a big target. He plays really big. Jaden loves that route. The issue is it's hard to create explosives because your back is turned to the end zone which is essentially what we said in the practice video. Now, I'm not going to play more of the practice video. Most of you have already seen it. I showed you a few plays where I think LSU is going to generate more explosives with run-after-the-catch opportunities. You have seen more bubble screens and stuff like that. So the simple truth is this. We have got to generate more explosives in many different capacities. So that's not the only thing. The reason I wanted to show you that, though, is because I did get a few people in the comment section saying, what are you talking about? A stop is an explosive play. It's not. It's a good play. We were very efficient. And Malik Neighbors won us a lot of games with that route. But I'm here to share with you, I am not here to lead you astray. Okay? We say hi to Dr. Morgan. We say hi to Joshua, the Tiger. Good to see you. Alex, good to see you. Kenneth, it is weird that he was wearing something very similar. I'm sorry I did not do that smoothly at all. Uh, I accidentally clicked the wrong video. Okay, we say hi to Sibley. There you go. You've got to practice what you play. What's up, Stephen? Good to see you. And a little bit later, we'll play more of the Mike Dimbrock press conference because it was very good. It was very, very, very good. He lets you in on pretty much everything. 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 And I love that. You as a fan benefit from that access. Okay? So thank Brian Kelly. He's the one that ultimately makes that call. Now, we say hi to Dez. We say hi to Jared. Jared, you get to pick the next topic. Go right on ahead. I will continue here with um, – if you guys want, I could continue with Mike Dimbrock's press conference. We could play uh, a little bit more of what he had to say today. He had a lot of good things to say. So I highly recommend you check all of that out. It goes a long way, okay? Um, so there you go. Now, uh, what's up, TJ? Good to see you. We'll keep going with Dimbrock. Why not? Uh, type Y for yes. Type N for no if you want to continue with Mike Dimbrock's uh, press conference. Uh, we'll keep it going. It seemed like Malik Neighbors was all over the place today. How have you seen him grow from when you first saw him last year to now? Yeah, I mean, I, there's a guy that, uh, you know, Malik – I have a lot of respect for on a number of different levels, but mostly because he, he comes to better his craft every single day. There, there's not a time where he doesn't have 
his complete attention on getting better at what he does on the practice field. And, you know, people like that, you just naturally kind of, you know, move towards. I mean, he, he is, uh, he is somebody that is a good example for, especially the younger players in our program um, to watch, to emulate on how to show up every day, how to, how to put yourself in a position where you can improve at the skills necessary and uh, uh, really look forward to uh, continuing to develop Malik uh, as Malik develops Malik because that's his mindset and, uh, and helping those other guys come along as well. Hey Mike, uh, in what demonstrable ways have you seen Jaden progress, his comfort level, the things that he's able to do on the field physically? Yeah, I, I just think, you know, year two, uh, allows him uh, a comfort level uh, from a knowledge standpoint, from a uh, knowledge of not only offense, but knowledge of personnel standpoint, um, where he feels like he can let it rip a little bit more. And we continue to encourage him to do that more and more and more. And, and I think he's taken upon himself as much as anything to play that way and be aggressive and, and make sure that uh, he's given opportunities where they're needed and, and being smart with the football at the same time, but also understanding that we've got some pretty dynamic people around him that uh, need to have their hands on the football, and he's done a really good job of, of continuing to develop where that's concerned. I don't know that it's changed as far as I, I think what it is is it's like anything else, right? The, the more familiar you are with one another, Sometimes the less that needs to be said, and maybe it's a look, maybe it's a, maybe it's a thumbs up instead of, you know, hey, what the heck, uh, you know, this, that, or the other thing. So uh, it's, been, it's been a positive thing for sure. Hey, Coach, I know you also work with the tight ends. you got a lot of talent in that group, a lot of young guys. Can you kind of walk us through what you've seen from that group, maybe some individual standouts in the first week? Yeah. Uh, you know, Mason obviously uh, had a, a solid year for us a year ago, looking to build on that. I uh, love where he's at from a physical development standpoint and think uh, the completeness of Mason Taylor's game is really going to come through this year that, that you guys are going to see. I, I don't know that I would call him a killer as a blocker a year ago. However, he, he learned how to survive and, uh, and did a nice job and continued to develop as the year went along. I think when you move from there, obviously, we brought in uh, a junior college transfer, Connor Galbraith, who is more of a big body uh, inline tight end who I think as experience in his knowledge of what we're doing comes along from a physical standpoint. He's certainly there, but he's swimming a little bit mentally, but I like what I've seen from him from an aggressive aggression standpoint. Uh, the younger guys, you know, Jackson McGone, um, unbelievable route runner, understanding of the passing game, how to create space for himself, um, how to break down people in man coverage. Um, is somebody that can definitely help us in the passing game. Now, he, he's got to continue to work on his weight. He's like 230 pounds. Uh, I don't know that I want him blocking many defensive ends. Um, so he's he's still coming along. I think Mac Markway in particular has had a, the best camp so far as far as uh, moving himself in a position to contribute to the team. Um, through a physicality standpoint, I think he's moving better in space. Um, so there's some things that he can also give us in the passing game, which is which is welcome. And then, uh, you know, KP uh, Pimpton is uh, an unbelievable physical talent and, and a raw piece of clay that any any tight end coach in America would love to have to work with. And uh, he's got the ability at, at already gaining probably 15 pounds since he's been here 
uh, getting to 245 as a true freshman, um, you know, an opportunity to help both in both areas of, of what we ask our tight ends to do, uh, provided he continues to develop, and I believe he will. So um, there's there's some blessings aplenty in that room. Uh, we got to figure out who fits best and where and, and how to really utilize those guys the best way. Um, but uh, it's exciting, and, and uh, it, it's been a little bit of a journey kind of getting that room where we thought it could really contribute to the way that I believe it will this season. Uh, so going through each and every one of those answers, first thing you have to say about Malik Neighbors is obviously really good. Um, I, I want Malik to play more from the slot this year. I've shared that quite a bit. Um, part of it is because we can get out of just, you know, the comebacks and all that stuff. And I just think he would be very deadly in the slot. And, uh, you know, having some snaps where he's in the slot, some snaps where Aaron Anderson's there, BTJ, Kyron, whoever, I, I just like him there. Because obviously Jaden, um, last year, he didn't really want to throw over the middle. With Malik over the middle, I feel like he would be more comfortable doing just that. And in particular, we really hurt ourselves over the middle last year. We missed a few big ones there. So I think that's going to be very key. Then with Jaden, obviously nothing really new with that Jaden answer. I feel as if Jaden, we kind of know what we need from him. And Jaden has done a ton of interviews and he has said that himself. So nothing really too new there, but obviously what do you have to say about the tight ends, which is his position group? Um, it's very interesting, right, with uh, Jackson McGohan getting a lot of reps here. Um, but of the true freshman tight ends, this is what has been told to me, that Mac Markway will be the one that will play the most right out the gate. Kamarion Pimpton will probably be the one that plays the most eventually. And that's kind of how I felt about this room the entire time. And the one thing I like about Mac Markway is he very well right now could be LSU's best blocking tight end to go along with Connor Galbraith. And of course, Mason Taylor, we know he's great. And obviously him talking about Mason's growth as a blocker is really good, right? So let's go to Johnny. Welcome to the channel, Johnny. Everybody, welcome. Johnny, I went to high school in Arkansas. Shout out to you, man. Arkadelphia. Man. Arkadelphia is something. Huh? 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 Get to see you, man. From West Monroe, Louisiana. We have a lot of North Louisiana uh, LSU Tigers. Shout out to all my North Louisiana fellow North Louisianians. I'm kind of a uh, kind of become the North Louisiana guy, right? Um, but no, the real North Louisiana guys are my buddy, Sean Fox. Um, but yeah, really freaking excited about the growth of North Louisiana high school football. We have seen some really good recruits from North Louisiana over the past decade, but more so most recently with Will Campbell and obviously Lance Hurd. And obviously this running back coming up in this next class should be pretty good. Now we've lost a few of those guys, uh, to Alabama and whatnot, but still, but, yeah, welcome to the channel, Johnny. We are ready for some football around here. Arkadelphia, that is crazy. That's good. Um, I like that. 
I like that. William holding it down in North Carolina. William, I know you. your heart was beating when you saw that photo that Brian Kelly took with Chad Jones this week. And today, Corey Webster was there. Probably one of the more underrated LSU Tigers of the modern era. Okay? So, there you go. I totally agree, Dr. Morgan. And, Johnny, you get to pick the next topic. It's your super chat, man. Any LSU football-related question, feel free to throw it my way. Now, if you want to support what we are doing with Power Hour LSU, go to PowerHourLSU.com and get your shirts today. PowerHourLSU.com. There you go. Also, go down to the link below and sign up for the PHL Patreon. So many different things you can do to support PHL. Gotta love it. PowerHourLSU.com slash shirt. And this could be my final one. This has been a hot item. But um, if you... Let's see. What, what else are we going to do? We've been giving out a bunch of Jacob Hester cards today. If we hit $100 in merch, we're going to give out a very rare Kaylee Von Chason purple cracked ice autograph card right here. Only 10 of these in existence. It'll go to one of you if you hit $100 in merch or, or if we get $100 in Super Chats. And if you get $100 in merch, I'm sending you this Derek Stingley one-of-one card. I don't give out my one of ones, but that's what we're going to do today. If you get a hundred dollars, well, actually, no, not a hundred dollars. It's actually four shirts. If you buy four shirts, you're getting this Derek Stingley one of one autograph card, super rare. There's only one of these in existence. So there you go. Let's see here. Yeah, I totally agree, Dr. Morgan. Communication's getting better. Now, let's talk about practice itself. I felt as if everyone felt better about practice today because the defense had a better day. Uh, they felt like the secondary played better. Now, I also feel after today, we have more clarity of what our depth chart is going to look like. Okay? We do. Zach, I still think ground and pound is going to be a big part of what Brian Kelly does. I do. Kenneth says, I think game one, we're going to come out the gates with three wide multi-level play action out of 12 personnel. There you go. The only issue with this, Kenneth, is you can't be in three wide if you're in 12, unless you're tied in kind of fans out. But it's still 12 personnel. You can't be in three wide. But I get what you're saying. Kind of. <laughs> huh? Uh, uh, but you could be saying we start off in three wide and boom, we're in 12. You could see it. You could see it. Um, but to your point, Kenneth, I think we will see more formational uh, diversity going into next year. And it's good to see you, Kenneth. Kevin says, go win a national championship and then ask me. Tyler wants to talk some with Terrence Welsh. Everybody welcome Kevin and Tyler to the channel. Um, 
Here's what I will say. Me and TJ, we got telepathy. I think that's what you call it, telepathy. Deuce is CB1 right now. Who do I think will be the corners week one? This is exactly what I was going to get into next week. I feel our starting cornerback room is set. I do. Okay. Your starting corners, week one, versus Florida State, will be Deuce Chestnut and Zy Alexander. Now, Deuce might not have the highest upside of this cornerback room. But one extra benefit of Deuce Chestnut starting week one is he did play versus Florida State last year for Syracuse. So you get some extra value out of that, okay? So he's familiar. He has scouted against his team, okay? And maybe he brings in a different perspective of how that team played compared to how we played them. Because their offense was way better versus Syracuse than they were against us. And Florida State was in a true road game scenario. Okay. It's all good, Kenneth. I I have been low on sleep too myself. I have done that same thing. Okay. So, Deuce Chestnut is a lock to start. Now, for that other cornerback room, or the other cornerback position, I am going to roll with Zy Alexander here. All right. That is what I think they're going to do. Now, do I feel a thousand gazillion percent comfortable in that cornerback room? No. But guess what? Last year, we started two transfers at corner. And I feel as if we're going to be fine. Now, I will also say this. And this is just subjectively true. You can go back and listen to the live streams at the time if you want to. Okay. I did objectively feel better about our corners going in to week one last year than I did this year. Okay. I like Makai Gardner a lot and I like Converse a lot. Okay. Now that doesn't mean our corners aren't going to be good. Okay. Doesn't mean our front seven is our, our, our corners aren't going to be good. Okay. Let's go to Hit Stick. Very knowledgeable viewer. He says, I'll be honest, I've never been more nervous about a cornerback room. That's fair. I, I think it's fair, especially with the week one matchup. Okay. Kind of got some bad timing, but that's okay. Okay. Because here's the thing. There are so many different variables that can happen from then until now. Injuries could happen. Remember, this is an outdoor game, so weather could happen. Remember, we do have a little bit more familiarity with this stadium than maybe Florida State because we just played there. So while this is going to be more of a road game than a neutral site game for us, in theory, we do have... Familiarity because we just went through this. 
Okay. Now, how does the rest of the secondary play out? Well, we know Major Burns and Greg Brooks are going to start. So that leaves us with the nickel. Now, there is a few things LSU can do. I could see LSU play a little bit more three safety look and have the nickel be just whichever safety has to roll down into the box for that certain play. You could see that. Obviously, all three of them have the capability of playing. And the third guy here is Andre Sam. So it's it's important. It's very important. Okay. Uh, to, to have guys that can play all the positions. Let's go to Misty. Good to see you again. Deuce is a beast, but I'm worried about the 50-50 balls with their wide receivers being 6-7 and 6-5. True. I will also say this, okay? Sometimes in sports, you can get bailed down by transcendency. You can. Now, it's hard because you really do need a team in a team sport. But there are times when someone truly transcendent can just go out there and win you a game. And maybe this game kind of becomes a Harold Perkins game, right? There's no one Florida State that they have played that is like this guy. Okay. So, the truth is, maybe our secondary gets burnt some, but they hold up just enough for us to win, and Harold Perkins and Omar and Mason make enough plays. Okay? Now, Branson says, I am most concerned for when we throw nickel and dime personnel out there. We did run some dime today, apparently. Um, yeah, that's when you – for those that don't know, that means you have six DBs on the field. <sighs> yeah, that could get tough. That could get really tough because, you know, last year when we had Fouché join us after four weeks – that made our secondary pretty deep. Okay. Let's go to Kenneth. How do you feel about our front seven against the FSU run? Thank you for your generosity, Kenneth. Okay. So let's separate fact from fiction versus Florida State. Did they have success running their bread and butter play? Versus us last year. Yes. But it wasn't a raging amount of success. So, Florida State bases their offense out of a play called counter. 
Okay. Now, what is counter? Counter is a misdirection running play. Okay. Where one and sometimes two offensive linemen pull from one side of the line of scrimmage to the other. Okay. That is different from us because we didn't run a lot of counter. Now, in 2021, when we broke the record or TDP broke the record, that was our bread and butter play. We ran a lot of counter. Okay. It just comes down to what kind of offense you are. So you have two really good offensive lines going up against each other that get their production doing things differently. I felt last year we defended their counter good. I really do. Um, But that's what they do. They love to run counter and they love to run play action out of counter. It is honestly a pretty fun offense to watch. Um, It's not like a revolutionary offense. It's not like when you watch Tennessee or something like that, but they're really good. They're very multiple. They're very explosive. And what gets kind of sick is if they get counter moving, guess what happens? The play action off of that can be lethal. Okay. But, you know, overall, I think we can hold at the point of attack against them. And keep in mind, As great as Jordan Travis was against us last year, their first deep touchdown was a trick play. So defensively, despite losing Mason on the first drive of the game and not having Perkins on the field, the biggest issue we had was just getting off the field on third down. Okay? So we we got to be ready to stop counter because I guarantee you Florida State, that's what they do. They ran it more than anybody else in college football last year. So I I think I think we're gonna be able to stop it. I do. I do. Colts take expose me all you want. We just gotta play smart. The hard thing about playing a counter team in week one, you know, the juices are flowing. You've been dying to play a game in so long. Got to remember your technique. If you don't remember your technique against counter, you are going to get sliced and diced. If you over penetrate, they're just going to run underneath you. They're going to kick you out. Okay. You've got to be smart. Max with the pause. Huh? Huh? Uh, but yeah, I felt like overall they had some success running the football and running counter, but overall we did pretty good against it. I felt. Good to see you again, Max. You know it's football season when we see the president of the New York City chapter of PHL. William asked a good question. Do you think our corner struggling is just how good our offense is? I think that's some of that. Right? It's part of the reason why DBU is DBU. You know, uh, not only in that Peterson era was there so many good DBs, there were so many good receivers, right? You were going up against Ruben Randall and Terrence Tolliver and then Odell and then Jarvis. And 
uh, a lot of those guys that were backups played in the played in the league. They didn't really play all that much. So this LSU wide receiver room is really deep. Um, I really like Shelton Sampson Jr. He was one of my top five players in this class. And, you know, it's going to be hard for him to play at all. Okay. Uh, So if that's the guy you're going up against, then it's going to be really hard for him to see the field. It's tough. It's really, really, really tough, right? Like, I get a question every week about Landon Ibietta. Every single week. He would probably be a rotational guy at minimum at Arkansas. LSU, good luck. Good luck. Okay. And keep in mind, okay, we like to put the term wide receiver in a box. Kamarion Pipton and Jackson McGohan are more receivers than they are tight ends at this point in career. What do you think Brock's going to do if he has to play him? Well, he's not going to have them block Dallas Turner. He's not going to have them in and block Jared Verse. He's going to split them out wide. It's hard, man. It's hard to play a wide receiver. And it's hard to be in a DB at practice. Just how it works. Now, I'm going to touch on this briefly. Uh, we, we could... Um, if you want, we could do more of the Mike Dimbrock press conference. Let me know what you guys want to do. All right. I do want to touch on something, though, earlier. I like that this chat has not gotten into recruiting, but I do want to get into this topic just really quickly. Don't worry about NIL. Okay. This young man chose Texas earlier today and it broke my heart. But we got a kid at a position we needed. I like to take a running back in every class. That's a guy that we spent all our time trying to get and we got him. And he's really good. I felt like today was a good day. But breathe in, breathe out. Okay. Did some Texas fans troll us today? Yeah, they did. But here's the thing about Texas fans trolling. Okay. Here's the thing about Texas fans trolling. It's kind of like the guy that has to rev their engine at a stoplight. Whether it's a six-ton pickup truck or 
a Viper, is that even a car? A Camaro, whatever it is. The ones that have to rev their engine are the same ones that have to overcompensate for something. Texas fans right now are probably trolling you because they ain't won nothing. They ain't won nothing. And by the way, as we showed you with the chart from CFBdata.com, Texas, ironically, along with Florida State, has been the worst at turning their good recruiting classes into NFL draft picks. Joshua, it's looking great. We got freaking Aaron Anderson back there. Everybody, welcome Royce to the channel. Let's freaking go. I want everybody right now just to get just I don't care where you are. I don't care where you are. You could be watching this at your house. You could be watching this with your kids. I know Jared likes to watch outside on a big screen with the Blackstone. Every Southern man has a Blackstone in their backyard, except for me. So Blackstone Grill, if you're watching this, let me know because I don't know how to cook anything. I think that would be good PHL content, me trying to cook. But everybody show Roy some love in the chat. Checking in from Thibodeau, Louisiana. Now, th- this this how you know I, I'm all about Thibodeau. Okay. Well, actually, it's not Thibodeau. I have a lot of friends that live in Homa. Okay. And we got a lot of Homa and Thibodeau folks that watch our show. One of my favorite places in Louisiana. Everybody in Thibodeau, Louisiana, they got a freaking Blackstone in their backyard. They do. They do. Except me. We are fine, though. Roy's coming in hot. First ever chatty super chats. Helps feed my family, feed my dog. I appreciate it, man. And I love going on Blake's show every Monday. Blake is my best friend in LSU media. And I uh, will continue to be that. And uh, I think he is super special as a media talent, right? I'm lucky to have gotten to work with Blake and uh, T-Bob. I'm telling you, offensive linemen, I'm a former defensive lineman, not college like those guys, but offensive linemen make some of the best media members. And at LSU, we got two really good ones, Blake and T-Bob. Love both of them. Glad to call both of them my friends. <laughs> wait, how did wait? I, I I used to know how to pronounce this. <laughs> I love these ASMR kind of things. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't. Let me see. Shriver? Shriver? Let's say Doug. Doug, how do you pronounce this? Doug knows how to pronounce every name. Dr. Morgan, help me out, buddy. Please. (sighs) 
ubiquitous. I like that. I love. I've always loved that. I've always loved that word, ubiquitous. That's gonna be my new DJ name, DJ Ubiquitous. Wait, is Shriver? 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 What's up, Belly Mom? Good to see you. I love it. Yeah, Royce, that's what we do, man. Any fan of AYS is a fan of mine. You, you want to know something crazy, though? Y'all want to know something freaking wild. All right. One of my college dorm mates, he lived right next door to me. Watches Blake's show. And he's never he's never watched my channel. Okay. And he was and he was like, Oh, I didn't even know you had a channel. I'm like, I am on his channel. What's a freaking week? How did you not know? That's bad. That's bad. That's bad. Huh? 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 Oh man. That's so good. But yeah, I agree with you. People do need to, to, to chill out. Okay. Uh, but go through this really quickly. Uh, Aaron Anderson's going to be a return guy on punt team. Kick return, you can see a wide variety of people doing kick return. I still think it's going to be Aaron Anderson and somebody else. Uh, I could see Trey Bradford. I could see quite a few people there. Is Simmons still planning on coming in November? I didn't realize he had that scheduled until today. So he is set to go to the LSU-Florida game in November 11th, okay? And make sure it is the LSU-Florida game, pretty sure. Bang. Okay. Dang, Doug, you're supposed to know this. Hey, if he has a Heisman... Season going, I think you got to let him. November 11th. Does he still have a date set with us? I don't know. I don't know. Now, what I can tell you is... Texas could have gone to him today and said, hey, we will give you X, but you have got to shut it all down. You have got to shut it all down. And if that's the case, I'm shutting it all down. <laughs> um, but barring that... Barring an ultimatum from Texas, I just do not think it's over. I understand that that might be optimistic me, and I'll go back to what I said earlier today. All right. When Harold Perkins committed to Texas A&M, okay, just a little story. When he committed to Texas A&M, I had done so much Harold Perkins content. I was so bamboozled by how good of a football player he was. And he was he was graded so much better than all the other players that were thinking about going to LSU. He was the best. I'd really started looking at high school, like recruiting and all that kind of stuff. 
in 2019. That was the first year where I really started getting into it. And Harold, and I'd always covered recruiting, but I started looking at like tape and all that stuff with for high school players. Um, and he was the best. So I, I'd done so many live streams and videos that someone in the know, when Harold committed to Texas A&M, around that time, reached out and said, it ain't over. And so I got really happy. Okay. This time, I have no one telling me this. Nobody with Colin Simmons. No, nobody telling me if it's over or not over. He just committed today, so maybe that changes. Maybe there's someone that is a fan of Colin Simmons or knows him that could reach out to me in the next 24 to 48. If you are that person, I would love to know more. Uh, who could tell me, hey, it's not over. But if we still have an official visit lined up for the Florida game, let's go. This is show number three for me today. I did one on the SEC channel, did the one earlier. I think I got a canker sore on the back of my tongue. Dude, those suck so bad. They really do. But I, I used to do three radio shows every day. I used to do a morning sports show, midday country show, afternoon R&B show. Then it flipped. I did a morning R&B show, midday country show, afternoon sports show. I kind of miss it and I kind of don't. And after today, I'm fine with it. So, William, good to see you. Pigeon Forge. Y'all remember Pigeon Forge? He's back. A proud patron, Pigeon Forge. And speaking of which, if you sign up for the PHL Patreon, you get my extra uh, benefit film studies. You get my depth charts, my gang grades, um, my own personal high school evaluations. Pra uh, we break down some clips from practice that we don't get to our public practice breakdowns. And you get access to the Discord community where you get a one-on-one -on -one chat with me. But you get to be in the Discord where we get to chat with each other all the time. Patreon.com slash LSU football. The link is down below. Who leads the team in tackles, sacks, interceptions, TFLs? Okay. TFLs is go Mason. Sacks, Perk, tackles, spates, interceptions. Kind of a random stat. Um, I'll go Brooks. There you go. Jason, what's up, bud? Good to see you. Now, good news. You can also play fantasy football with me, underdogfantasy.com, promo code Carter. Sign up today. So there you go. What's up, J-Red? Holding it down on Facebook. Tell Burgundy and the fam I said hello. But yeah, I'm down to let Perk get a few punt returns. Let's do it. Let's go. Now, this is something I did on the SEC stream. I kind of touched on it um, last night, but... 
I could do some breakdowns here, some of the other SEC teams. I normally like to keep that for the SEC channel, but it looks as if you guys do like that kind of chatter. If you guys want me to talk more recruiting, let me know. Once again, if you super chat, I'll go straight to whichever topic under the sun that you want to talk about. Okay. If you want to talk about RJ Jackson, super chat. If you want to talk about Rashawn Matthews, my buddy now, had a great conversation with the Tiger, uh, former Tiger. We could talk about him. Talk about a whole lot of different people. Okay. This is what this show is for. It's what these live streams are for. I share my few things, newsworthy things at the beginning. And we keep it keep it moving. Okay. I do highly recommend you watch the beginning because Mike Dimbrock honestly made me feel so good about my life earlier today. Him saying something about uh, something that we've talked about in our last video, which was pretty cool. Boy, there were a lot of unknowns. And, you know, I don't know how well they knew us and I don't know how well we knew them. And, it's just a whole different feeling and vibe around um, the growth that we made during the season, allowing those guys to have a little bit more of a head start into what we can possibly become if we continue to work really hard at it uh, as fall camp goes along and as the season goes along. Because that's really what we're all driving for is, is you know, where you are in week one and where you are in week 12, 13 and, and in the bowl game um, should look different should be different if, if you're doing a good job and uh, as players and coaches and coaches in particular. So um, I think we saw that last year. I think they gained confidence because of that. Um, and we started about three rungs up or more from where we ever were last year when we got together in the spring. And I think that that continues. So um, they believe in each other um, and uh, you know, we believe in them. So it, it, it's, it's got some excitement surrounding it, for sure. Coach, on your right, uh, Matthew Bruneth on three. Uh, just how do you feel about the depth of your offensive line right now, especially a guy like Zaylin's heard coming in, um, the way he's um, been able to play? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think that's a work in progress, as it always is along the offensive line, especially when uh, you have some true freshmen who are kind of dipping their toe in the two deep. Um, that's going to be a minute, and as much as anything – um, you know, have we seen things from each one of them that are really kind of catch your eye and go, boy, I, that's that's awesome. He's got a chance. Uh, there has been. And, and from all of those younger kids across the front, you know, um, I think Mason Lunsford has made some good contributions and will provide some depth inside as well. So um, I like the additions to the room, uh, whether those are true freshmen or, or Mason in particular, who have will add, I think, some, you know, some depth to the position. I think it's going to be a minute before uh, we get to the point where we kind of solidify who's going to exactly be where. Um, but there's a lot of really good material to work with there, and I know Coach Davis is excited about it. Unmute the mic. Uh, Doug, thank you so much. I love listening to Mike Dimbrock. There you go. If Sark, Texas, loses three to four games this last year in Cupcake Land, does Texas stick with them going into the SEC? 
his track record says he won't hit 10. Now, I may or may not know somebody in this chat who uh, is very familiar with the higher-ups of Texas. Okay? Um, I think sarcasm a, a few years here. I am of the belief that you never fire a coach that has a top five recruiting class lined up. And right now, Texas is well on their way. Okay. Let's take a look at Texas's 2024s right now. That's Texas A&M. We do not want them. Okay. They're right now 17th. Okay, but they only have 16 commitments, and there's still a lot of work to be had. Now, wouldn't you think that they move up in the rankings? Texas is always really good at flipping kids that are out of state and eventually get enamored with the home state school. So if Texas continues on this path... It is very likely that they get to the point where they like where they are. It's Steve Sarkeesian. Now, let's take a look at the Texas schedule. Okay. They start the season with Rice. Okay, that should be a win, but Rice did go bowling last season. Got a few friends on that staff. At Alabama, week two. Wyoming, week three. At Baylor, week four. Kansas, week five. Oklahoma, neutral site. Then a bye week. Then you have all these games versus ranked teams towards the end of the season. Texas has far more talent than everybody on their schedule not named Alabama. They have more talent than Oklahoma. Not by much, but they do. Okay. I do not think actually I'll say it. I think Texas will win the Big Twelve. But I don't think Quinn Ewers is their best quarterback. I don't. I think he's good. He had one good half versus Alabama, and that's it. Let's go to Sibley. Okay. Carter, what is the best way to defend the Florida State quarterback? What kind of defense? Okay. So this kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier. You've got to first stop the run and counter. Okay. It's what they do. I know you, I know I'm gonna keep saying that over and over, but that's who they are. I've listened to some seminars with their offensive coordinator, Alex Atkins. They run counter. That's just what they do. All right. 
So you got to do that first. But Florida State is an explosive play offense. They like to take shots, even if they're not there. They love to get explosive. Something else about Florida State that is low-key tricky, and it wasn't a big deal versus us, but just to give you a little bit of a preview on a few Florida State things we have coming up, they love to throw to the running back out of the backfield, okay? And they're really good at it. Now, we do have two really fast linebackers that are sideline to sideline kind of guys. But one area where I feel Harold Perkins can take a step up is pass coverage. It was something he really didn't need to do. Now he's going to need to do it. Omar Spates is a good coverage sideline to sideline linebacker. He can run. Okay, so we should be well equipped to stop it. But they are good throwing to their backs out of the backfield. So, yeah, got to stop the run first, though. (laughs) We run man on the outside and stick with it no matter what. That wasn't just Bo, though. I had a former Polini player reach out to me and yell at me. Now, he didn't play for Polini at LSU under Orgeron, but he was like, this is not what he wants to do. This is not it. (laughs) But this could be their year. This could be their year. Oh, man. We're actually kind of close to hitting the hundo to give out a Caleb on chase on crack dice autograph card. Only 10 of these copies in existence. Let's go to TJ. Spates is not getting the hype he deserves yet because of all the questions about the secondary. I think he'll be all SEC. I agree. I think he's going to have a really good season. I do. But I will also say this, and this isn't directed towards Omar. But on every team every year, there is a player that gets a lot of hype. All right. There you go. What's up, Grant? Does this put us at a hundo? Uh, We are 20 away now. Thanks to you, Grant. We are $120 Super Chat away for someone winning a number 18. I don't like giving out my 18s. Number 18, Cracked Ice. This is a beautiful card. I'll take it out the thing. 
the cardstock on this thing is gorgeous. This cracked ice. This looks good. Bringing out the big guns right here. God, that's clean. We are close. We are close. That's all good. Done. So TLV got it done. Appreciate you, man. There you go. Now, I've got to decide now. This is a pressure. I gave uh, the the Hester out to D really earlier today. Um, because he had a sick kid. So let me think on who deserves this chase on right here. I got a few people in mind. Uh, I did get information that Julie got her Kim Mulkey card, which is really cool. Big shout out to her. There you go right there. There's Julie with her. I think Kim Mulkey, Angel Reese card, excuse me. Spin a wheel? Don't give it to me. Not a MasterCard. Let me see. Who do I think deserves this? I'll think about it. I got a few people in mind. I do. Now, next thing. Raise a bar to 200 bucks. This old vet keeps 500 bucks. <laughs> well, he's got to do yard work every Wednesday. That's all I know about TOV, and he served. TOV's got yard work every Wednesday, and he served. TT, what to do, baby? Actually watched. Kenneth, this is a true story. I'm not making this up, okay? I watched Darius Geitz highlights until midnight last night. I swear to God, on everything. On everything. Yeah, Grant, I, I don't... As you can tell, I've kind of had to slow down on the tyrant cards. I gave out so many. I was like, God, this is a guy I... I collect more than anybody. So there you go. I'm going to have to think on this. Next thing. Um, I, I do want to talk a little bit about what can past success tell us about future success at LSU. All right. Um, it could tell us a lot. Now, one thing that people get wrong about 2019 LSU, all right, 
is their metrics actually looked really good. Okay, look good in game control, look good in average in-game win probability, look good in returning talent, looked good in offensive returning production, defensive returning production. Um, one of the first ever videos we did on PHL, the previous year total number of draft picks tells you a lot about the next year's team. And we only had three draft picks from the year before. Okay. So, no one could have predicted 2019 LSU was going to be what they were. And I don't think anyone thought that it would have turned out the way that it was. But let's just say LSU never modernized their offense with Burrow. I still think that that team, at minimum, is going 11-2. and two. I really do mean it. 10-3, and 11-2. That team was so freaking loaded. All right? Even if everybody didn't take this unbelievable leap to the greatest team of all time, we were so freaking deep. We were so freaking deep. Now, I shared this last night. I'll share it again. Braden Fioco is still in the NFL. He was a backup defensive lineman for us. He was a really good football player. The team was so loaded, right? So, do you feel, okay, and I know it's kind of hard to do this type of exercise, but let's just say we never did the Joe Brady thing. Do you feel this year's roster, when it comes to depth, is at a championship level? Type Y for yes, type in for no. Because we had the Brian Kelly quote from earlier this year. Type Y for yes, type in for no. Do you feel this team has national championship level depth? Okay. Now, here's the thing. What's up, Brandon? Brandon, please, please tell me the great aunt's name. Please tell me again. Oh, please tell me. I told it made my day. Please. Please. Skipper says no. Jason says yes. Brand says yes. I think some of you are saying no because you heard Brian Kelly say the depth thing earlier this year. Got a bunch of yeses coming in. On offense, yes. Again, it says yes.
Let's see. Elnora! I love that. Brandon's great aunt name is Elnora. Oh my God. Please tell me. You never confirmed this earlier for me, Brandon. Please tell me. Elnora made a great cobbler. Please tell me. I know she did. I know it. I know it. What's up, go hard or go home? Elnora. God, I love it. Told you, isn't that it, Jason? It's best of best. It's the best. I've never felt anything more exhilarating in my life. Yeah, that might be the best moment ever on PHL. El Nora. I freaking love it. Yeah, uh, I I see why Al Woods liked you. I see. <laughs> Look at this. Look at this. What did I tell you? After that, Mike Dimbrock, him saying verbatim what we said on this channel earlier this week. Almost verbatim. I will never lead you astray. I will be wrong about some things. But I do know this. I know El Nora can make a mean cobbler. Let's go. Let's go. Oh, man. That man, that's his top five. Top five moment right there. I knew it. I freaking knew it. I'm so freaking proud of myself right now. I, this is actually better than the Dimbrock thing. Way better than the Dimbrock thing. But Jared, I've put so much pressure on myself lately. We talked about this last night around this time of the live stream. I need you guys to give me your best over-unders this next year in the SEC. I did not miss one last year. I did not miss a single one. Jason, tell Jason, you knew it too. If you if you're chunky, you know you can put you can do that. I need you guys to give me your best over under. I'm getting ready to put together the video for Power Hour SEC. Elnora is her. I knew it, dude. I knew Elnora brought the heat on Thanksgiving. That's just so legendary. Oh, God.
Mm. Bama under. I like that one too, actually. But the under is minus 184. I hate that a lot of my overs are to the juice side. I hate that. I really do. William, okay, I trust William with the Carolinas knowledge. Mississippi State, the under TJ. Okay, I'll post it back up there. Let me do this. Let me switch it. I can switch it to this. Make it look a little. There we go. LSU over. Okay, that makes it a little easier with the everything there. So LSU is the only one here. Now, once again, this is going to vary book to book. LSU is the only one there evenly priced, right? Over, under at both minus 110. Ole Miss over, A&M under. I actually have it the opposite. I have Ole Miss under, A&M over. Tennessee under. I'm leaning towards the under there. But I hate how every one of my picks is towards the juice. That lets me know that I'm I'm a fish here. So I don't really like that. It's making me want to change a few of these. It's tough. It's really, really, really tough. Missouri under for Cole. Hmm. I don't know about that one. I really don't. Like, I am a big believer in uh, in their coaching staff, but man, I, I just like Blake Baker a lot. I just do. Um, Missouri in the under. I mean, I could see them starting the year five and zero. Okay, so uh, it, I don't gamble, so I don't get the over under thing. So that's probably a good thing you don't gamble, Michael B. But essentially put, all right, the win total here is what Vegas is predicting you are going to do this next season in theory. Okay. So if Alabama is at 10 and a half, if you bet the over Alabama has to go 12 and 0 or 11 and one. But if they go 10 and two, that is the under. Okay. So if you believe LSU is going to go 10 and 2 this year, you bet the over. Okay.
man, they got to beat, dude, South Carolina schedule. I like Shane Beamer as much as the next person. And I kind of like their team. But I'm telling you right now, their schedule is dookie water difficult. It is that difficult. Like, it is hard to win their schedule. I'll put it up on the screen because this has been one of the more popular ones. South Carolina and the over. Okay. North Carolina. And the Dukes Mayo Classic, they played in the Dukes Mayo Bowl two years ago. Furman at Georgia. So you have a top five pick in week one. And then in week three, you get the two-time defending national champions at their place. Okay. Now, historically, it is hard for SEC offenses to produce away from home in Power 5 games. Okay? Four of their first, or excuse me, three of their four first Power 5 games are against really good teams away from home. So they very well could start the season two and three, one and four. Now, their schedule does get easier, and Clemson is a little bit weaker. I think they are a little overvalued, but they're still a top 10 team. You do get them at your house. You do get four home games to end the season. But man, that's tough. Oh, okay. Here we go. Black goatee. I love it. Tommy, what's up, man? Brandon, I I need your I need your response here. I don't know about El Nora, but Beatrice Cias, aka Medea, was the neighborhood cake lady. I'm talking cobbler, pecan pie. Or is it pecan? Pound cake. You spelled pound correctly. I like that. I'm a pound cake guy. Plain pound cake. Tea cakes. Pecan candy. Ooh, that candy, bro. Y'all know what y'all know what candy is? Oh man. Candy's like this this circle jagged thing. Like it's hard to describe. My dad used to eat that by the bulk. Okay. Hot tamales. Wait, what the heck? We got all these dessert foods. And then out of nowhere, we got a hot tamales? (laughs) She also kept that heat under her pillow. I like it. Now, let me make sure... Oh, man.
Beatrice. They really called her Medea? Or is it Pecan? People get defensive over Pecan or Pecan. Zach Brown Band says Pecan. You know the lyrics? Sweet tea, pecan pie, homemade wine. We all know Zach Brown Band. They are the law. I'm not really big fans of them, but I've always, I've always said pecan. But who is Medea? How is she related to you? Beatriceus. Dang, y'all are just defensive over pecan. Pecan pecan. Shout out to Black O.T.'s grandma. <laughs> this is so good. That sounds like my great-grandmother, Olivia. Unfortunately, she passed before I was born to taste her cooking. Oh, man. I know Olivia could throw down. Yeah, you know, I was very fortunate to know my great-grandmother, Cecil. Maria <laughs> Cecil. Um, but, yeah, you know, I my Aunt Titi is my best cook. And she's been on PHL before. She was on here last year for the Florida State game. Dang, I never thought I would get pitchforked. I always say pecan. I just said pecan because Zach Brown brand says pecan. I'm not even a fan of Zach Brown band. So now I hate Zach Brown band. Let's keep it going. Shout out to your grandmother, Black uh, Black Goatee, Elnora Medea. I love it. That's so good. Pecans. So William, you hear pecan up up there? Huh? 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 I love it. Roby says he just tuned in. The running back recruit we got today runs a 10-3-100 meter. Wow. Yes. So let's talk some Caden Durham. Okay. In fact, we could do this. up and uh, we'll play some highlights while I answer this question we'll get to this one really quickly a pecan is what you uh, a pecan is what you use when there is no toilet we eat pecans dang y'all never canceled Zach Brown band though y'all have never canceled Zach Brown band <laughs> 
for this? Why am I getting the brunt of this when I always say pecans? Ask Haley. I always say pecans. But I never thought that people would get, I mean, hell, I, I could have said a thousand different things. I could have said, I'm uh, like, I could have said, like, I like Urban Meyer, and you guys wouldn't have flamed me as much as this pecan thing. Now, Roby, just for you, man, and your super chat, we'll play these highlights. Why not? So, as you can see, Caden has got. Some serious wheels. Over 1,900 rushing yards at one of the most difficult competition levels in Texas. When it comes to home run hitting ability, all right, what's up, Kevin? Good to see you. When it comes to home run hitting ability, he is as good as any back we've ever gotten. Obviously, the best home run hitter we've ever gotten is Fournette. But Fournette obviously was a load. He was a tank, right? Obviously, Caden is not nearly as big. He's 5'9", floats around 190, 195. If he can get up to 205, normally SEC running backs gain about 10 to 10 to 15. If we can get him up to 205, 210, he's going to be a problem. But you guys know. Weight is a big deal to me when it comes to running backs, okay? You have got to gain the proper weight. There are very few backs in the SEC, I feel, that are so special with the ball in their hands that can succeed at under 205, okay? Um, so, Roby, yes, he is a true burner. The film looks really good. It really does. Okay. Hell, he's hitting a home run every time. And the simple truth is this, Michael. I like it when I see special play after special play after special play. Now, his right tackle is a three-star really good player, and you see him make a lot of really good blocks on here. But you also see him break tackles on his own, right? And remember he had a very difficult task. They had a coach, Coach Samples, who is a Texas legend, but he had never won a state championship. And essentially, the offense was let Durham decide it, and they ran a lot of Wildcat. And when they needed him the most, over 100 yards and three touchdowns against Houston's North Shore in a state championship game. Okay? So Durham is really good. I really do like him a lot. And once again, it's hard for me to fall in love with the running back at the SEC level that is under 200, okay? But if you run 10 to, 10 to 5, and I know some of you will say, well, 10 to 5, that's just one run. He might have just had a really good day. Well, I'll tell you this. He has run under 10-5 multiple times in the 100 meter, okay? And you ask yourself this question. When you watch him play, does it look like he is playing at game speed? To me, he is. 
Okay. So look, he's good. He's really, really, really good. Tommy says he reminds him of Trendon Holiday. Oh boy. True, but I mean, Trendon was such a unicorn. And as fast as Caden Durham is, Trendon is like transcendently fast. There's really, really, really fast, and then there's Trendon Holiday. Okay. But look, Caden Durham is one of these Devon A chain kind of players. Devon A chain for Texas AM ran 10 flat. Okay. 10 2 5, baby. 10 2 5. You have got to be special to run that fast. Special. Okay. Yes, he was. Or he is. Now, Perkins is a little bit different of a running back um, as Durham. But Durham, yeah, is a better back. But Perk was, God, dog, you're so good. But yeah, I, I like Durham a lot. Now, what does this future look like? I think by next year, it's going to be pretty clear that this is going to be Caleb Jackson's backfield. Okay? That's just what my grades tell me. All right? It's going to be the Caleb Jackson and Trey Holly show. But Durham is faster than both of them. I'm telling you, he is a burner. Okay? Think about Jalen Brown, who we brought in this last class. His best trait was speed. Now, he's a different position. He's a wide receiver. But I think his best time was 10-5. Durham is 10-2-5. That doesn't sound like much, but that is so fast. Like, if you were on the field with him, you wouldn't, you, you would blink and you would not see him. Okay? You have got, you have got to be special to be running that fast. Okay. Oh, God. Dude, I didn't know I was going to cancel everything. I didn't know I was going to get canceled for me saying pecan one time. Take away my Elnora prediction and my Dimbrock prediction just because... I said pecan. When honestly, I really do mean it. I normally say pecan. I've always said pecan. The first time I've ever heard pecan is that Zach Brown song. Mm. 
Let's go to Skipper. It's bad enough you say you guys and not y'all. Wait, do I say y'all? Nathan says, have you ever been to the festival? The Pecan Festival? Oh, bread pudding. Yeah, that's my favorite dessert. That's my favorite dessert. Oh, my God. A good bread pudding. Dude, it feels... Oh, dude, that warmth. Ooh. I should just say y'all instead of you guys. I'm glad my diction is getting corrected here. Jordan, Jordan's been kind of quiet tonight. I love it. I know, Jason, I'm scared. I'm very scared. Very scared. So we got all the guys with the Kane sponsorship this year. Mason Smith, Harold Perkins, Malik Neighbors, Jaden Daniels, Mason Taylor, and Will Campbell. How about that? Oh, the corner piece. Oh, my God. There, there, there would be a fist fight over the corner piece. Oh, man. Oh, so Durham is faster than Holiday. Oh. I just always assumed Trendon was like 10 flat in high school. Thanks for correcting me on that. Wow, that's crazy. I guess just everybody got that much faster. So, yeah, so to uh, 
Now, that doesn't ultimately mean that Caden will be faster than Trendon. But that's crazy. That is crazy. Wow. Go to Kenneth. I, I, I would not have guessed that. I thought Trendon would have been 10 flat in high school. That's crazy. This will make or break my loyalty. Is it true you dust your crawfish? Emojis. All right. I do not. I don't. Truthfully, I don't. Now, I also don't think it's a make or break either. Cancel me all you want. But I prefer them to not be dusted. I do. But then again, you know what the Louisiana Crawfish Company, they say they dust them and they let them sit in the cooler for, what, five, ten minutes, and the dust evaporates into the crawfish. Okay? But I do not. I don't. I don't. I know some people that do. And I understand. I do not. But you guys know I don't mind a controversial opinion. If I did, I would tell you. Pegasus trying to out me. The funny thing was, I I really was considering Pegasus for the card. Because he is at every live stream. Pegasus, when's the last one you missed? But now he's trying to out me. Say that I do dust my crawfish. Here's the truth. I just like to eat. I'm a chubby guy. I like to eat. I just do. So food doesn't need to be perfect for me. Okay. It just doesn't. But any of y'all believe me. And that's okay too. That's okay. I just didn't know food takes will get you canceled. I thought this was going to be a great live stream. Thank you, Johnny. Holding it down in Arkadelphia. Now, here's what we're going to do. In the next five to ten minutes,
I'll answer as many questions as we possibly can. But if you super chat, we'll keep going. We will. While you do that, I do want to play this clip right here. Most people have no clue that in 2023, the best way to make money on Amazon is not. With Dude. Over here. You talked briefly about being able to move the veteran guys around on the offense. Uh, I talked to John Trey Kirkland a couple days ago, a guy that was going out as you were coming in. He said one of the biggest things that helped him move to quarterback for that bowl game was being a guy who studied the entire concept instead of just his position. Mm -hmm. Is that something that this coaching staff mandates or is it on the guys to kind of take it upon themselves? Well, it's really how we teach it. So we, we teach our entire offense, especially on the perimeter conceptually. Uh, if you will. So um, if we're running a, a three by one wide receiver route, uh, you know, player one to the field on this concept has this player two has this player three has this. And I think if you teach it that way, it allows you to sometimes put who normally would be number two out at number one and he knows what to do or number two at number three and flips guys around and, and put them in different spots to, give the defense some different looks and, and kind of hide splits, hide formations, um, do some different things along those lines. So if they understand the concept of what you're doing, uh, the parts become interchangeable and you really have five skill guys on the field and 11 personnel at a time uh, that you can kind of mad scientist and flip around wherever uh, you feel like you can take advantage of the defense. And uh, the more, depth their knowledge is and understanding the concepts regardless of position the more versatility you can have so that's a good thing hey coach uh glenn wesco 247 uh we were talking with coach kelly last week and he was really excited about the opportunities to move aaron anderson around the offense just um just getting back to the explosive bit i mean just how does he fit in because it's really easy to notice how quick his change of direction is and just how explosive he can be yeah i mean he's he's a guy that has to touch the football and, you know, on me and, and the rest of the offensive coaches to make sure we're creative enough that we're using the skills that he brings to the table the right way. And uh, he's obviously in the screen game. He's a very valuable piece. Uh, touching the ball and running the ball on jet sweeps and things like that. Sure, that's part of it. Um, I think him also having a really good, I think more than just you, know, you sometimes you kind of look at like a Aaron Anderson and somebody who's got his ability to start and stop and and run fast as maybe a, a one trick type of player that but Aaron's he's unbelievably blessed with ball skills and he can break people down in space. So we've got to get him into those scenarios as much as we possibly can and allow him to do what he's best at. Coach, down here. Thinking back to the Cincinnati days, you were you had an offense where you were able to run like Joshua Wiley at H back, running an out, and then Leonard Taylor running a post in the end zone. Uh, that seems to be a bit more like the tight end room you have this year. What does having those kind of versatile off players at tight end specifically open up in the offense for you? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it adds to our versatility as an offensive unit. You know, and uh, we can be in four wide receivers and put a lot of speed on the field. We can be in 11 personnel with three good speed receivers in a, a tight end who can attach and be physical or get out in space and run routes. We can put two tight ends on the field and, and 
spread you out if you want to play big, heavy personnel or tighten you up if you want to play smaller players and, and have that type of versatility that we didn't have a year ago to do some more of those things that we'd like to do. So there you go. Let's go to Johnny's Super Chan. I love what he had to say about Aaron Anderson. This is just for keeping us entertained. I'm a graveyard shift at a sawmill, so it helps me get through the night. We appreciate the good content. I appreciate you, Johnny. I'm glad you have been more vocal today. And um, there you go, man. I uh, Tyler was in here earlier. He does similar stuff. Uh, he does shift work as well. And um, it's hard, man. It's hard. What you guys have to do, oof, I couldn't do it. I know I couldn't. So, yeah, that's what this is about, man. It's an escape from, you know, uh, you know, thing, uh, work, right? Work is tough. Mm. Cole's interested. How do you hear it at a sawmill? I guess he, he could wear headphones. I don't know. Earpods. Uh, what's the latest on our true freshman running backs? Mainly Holly, because that's my guy. Uh, it's just going to be so hard for him or Caleb to get reps, right? Uh, it is interesting that Josh is still really not practicing up to this point. I do find that to be very interesting. Okay. Uh, so there you go. There you go. That's the way to do it. I like it. Let's go to Michael B. I usually don't dust them, but not going to hate on someone if I'm invited to a boil and someone does. Now, one of my good friends likes his beer and his steaks on way too long. Okay, so his beer. So I'm trying to think the beer too long. But the steak's way too long. I get it. You know, here's my thing. I would never, like, I love steaks. But there is a major risk going over to somebody else's house. And they're cooking you a steak. And they don't ask you, how do you like your steak? Major risk. Major risk. Oh, okay. He drinks too much and he overcooks the steak. Steak is also a food you can't make drunk. It's just not a food that is made for drunkenness. Okay. Now, there are some foods that you can cook while you're drunk. I feel like you can fry fish while you're drunk. Dangerous, but I feel like you can get it done. But like 
burgers, hot dogs, that's drunk food while you're cooking and drinking. Let's go to Kevin. Kevin's one of my best friends, and he is actually a Texas fan. It's ironic you tune into this one of all streams. Kevin says you can definitely make a steak drunk. I mean, you can. But how good would it be? Would be my question. <laughs> it says he does it all the time. I love it. I do it all the time. Time and temp is key. I heard that. Dwayne says, I had a ribeye tonight based in butter fire. I always use an instant meat thermometer to put it at whatever temp you like it. I'm not overcooking anyone's steak. There you go. Now, we did get the super chat here from Johnny. It's interesting. One of my best buddies, we've kind of gone our separate ways, but he's still a really good friend of mine. His name, honestly, is John Fontenot. I was in his wedding. Great guy. He's a pilot. One of the coolest guys I've ever known. I still know. Great dude. Oh, God, Doug. Only you would get to that point. God, come on. Come on, Doug. Come on. <laughs> Only your mind could get to that point. Huh? 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 I am glad Sark, though, is obviously taking a turn for the better. Yeah, Kenneth, this is one of those wait-and-see kind of things. I mean, all things to a certain degree is wait-and-see, but still, it's just one of those things where you hold your breath. Huh? 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 Oh, man. Jared says he would eat shoe leather drunk enough. So, there you go. Now, we do 
need to announce a winner for the Chase On autograph. Big thanks to all our super chatters tonight, Jared, Johnny, TJ, Kenneth, Joshua, Royce, Doug, Grant, TOV, Black, Goatee, Roby, Elnora, Skipper, Kenneth, and Johnny. All right. So, the winner Yeah, I'm gonna do. Here's what I'm gonna do. Um, the winner is actually going to be Johnny. Congratulations, Johnny! You are the winner of the Kayvon Chase on. Mainly for this, I like people who hustle. All right, I do. And Johnny listening while he is working shows me a lot of dedication. So, Johnny, congratulations. You are the winner. You're also a new viewer. Well, you said you've been watching me for a while, but congratulations, Johnny. This is going to you in Arkadelphia. So, Johnny, you got to shoot me an email, powerhourlsu at gmail.com. And this is going to you. This is one of the coolest cards, I think, design-wise, I've given out. This cracked ice looks so freaking good. I like cracked ice cards. Oh, Johnny, you, you're putting food on the table for the fan, man. I understand it, man. There you go. Look at this, man. Look at this bad boy. Oh, that just looks really cool, man. It really does. That's clean, bro. Only 10 of these are in existence. And guess what? You have number seven. It's a serial number card number seven. I'll deal with that in a second. So congratulations, man. Actually, this is bugging me. Actually, I got to put this in a new thing anyway. What a dude, Chase on. Such a great player. Hmm. Let's see. I want to show you guys this right here. All right. Underdog Fantasy, underdogfantasy.com. Look at this. So I got an active draft going on right now. And this is a slow draft. I still have 10 hours to make this pick. And so far, this is my team. Josh Allen, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins. Okay. I feel like ETN should be the pick here, right? I don't have a running back yet. 
I'm getting a little bit of ADP value here. But this is why you should compete in underdog fantasy. Okay. Because in this draft, it only cost me a $4 buy-in. Well, this one was a $5 buy-in for a $75,000 prize. Underdog fantasy. And you don't have to set your lineups for the rest of the season. So I feel like I'm going to go with ETN here. I'm going to think about it, though. What do you guys think? Should I go Hopkins, Kirk, or Ayuk over Travis ETN? There you go. Yeah, I think I just got it, man. Go Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk. I like him a lot. But I think that Jaguars offense is going to smash this next year. There you go. Now, here's the good news. If you want more of me, I did a two-hour show earlier today after the commitments of Caden Durham and Colin Simmons. Okay? Not really shocked. I wouldn't sign with the Saints because I think that running back room is loaded. Plus, I've drafted a lot of Alan Kamara. Huh? 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 Oh, man. So, there you go. Um, Don't forget, if you want to support the channel, powerhourlsu.com slash merch. You get four shirts. I send you an autograph card. It's that simple. PowerHourLSU.com. Now, we might do a practice video for tomorrow, so be on the lookout for that. And uh, there you go. It is Power Hour LSU. Bam! And tonight, we're doing barbecue chicken. Let's go. Let's go.